And welcome to BiblioChat. I'm your host, Forrest Hulbutt. On this episode, I would like to take a break from the British East India Company and discuss the important news regarding Donald Trump. The state Supreme Court of Colorado decided to ban Trump from the presidential ballot. And this decision was made because Trump was deemed an insurrectionist, and an insurrectionist cannot run for government office. So I would like to examine this case, look at why the judges decided to deem Trump an insurrectionist, and I would like to look at the overall history of insurrection, which is a concept that goes all the way back to the founding of America. All coming up on this episode. So available online is a court summary of the case, published by the State Supreme Court of Colorado. And the first thing that stands out to me, which I didn't know, is that Republican voters brought this case against Trump. As the document says, both registered Republican and unaffiliated voters filed a petition asking the court to rule that former President Trump may not appear on the Colorado Republican presidential ballot. And this whole case is about proving that President Trump demonstrated the actions of an insurrectionist. So Section 3 of the 14th Amendment states that someone cannot run for presidential office if they engaged in insurrection. And the court summary states, the court found by clear and convincing evidence that President Trump engaged in insurrection as those terms are used in Section 3. Then the prosecution cites specific examples of Trump's behavior that reflect an insurrectionist. At a February 2016 rally, President Trump told his supporters that, in the old days, a protester would be carried out on a stretcher and that he would like to, quote, punch him in the face. And the central argument of Donald Trump's insurrectionist behavior stems from his speech on January 6th, the speech that ultimately according to the prosecution, incited insurrection. The prosecution says, he used the word fight or variations of it 20 times during his ellipse speech. And the specific language Trump used was, quote, and we fight, we fight like hell. And if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. When you catch somebody in a fraud, you are allowed to go by very different rules. Later, he says, You don't concede when there's theft involved. And the last thing the prosecution had to establish was intent. Did Trump intend to cause insurrection? And this is a key concept for any court case. And the document says, The district court concluded that President Trump exhibited the requisite intent. It found that before the January 6th rally, President Trump knew that his supporters were angry and prepared to use violence to stop this deal, including physically preventing Vice President Pence from certifying the election. So what's interesting about this case is that insurrection has not occurred since the Civil War. It's a very rare occurrence. However, it was something the founding fathers of America knew could possibly happen. And this connection is made in an article titled, The Founding Fathers Anticipated the Threat of Trump, published in the Wall Street Journal, Alexander Hamilton stated in 1887 that the only path to a subversion of the Republican system of the country is by flattering the prejudices of the people 
and exciting their jealousies and apprehensions to throw affairs into confusion and bring on civil commotion. So it'll be interesting to see how this situation unfolds, especially given how Trump is currently running his re-election campaign. I think what stands out to me about this case is Trump's ability to garner unfettered loyalty. He still has very strong support and could win the presidency. And the storming of the Capitol shows the character of this loyalty. It's very emotional. He is able to connect with people in a way I don't see in other candidates. And he can wield this loyalty. Next week, barring any major developments of this situation, I'd like to return to the British East India Company and see if there's a connection between England's involvement in foreign countries and America's involvement in the Middle East. Thank you for listening.